I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, June 7th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, five men in Germany were convicted of perpetrating a heist in 2019 in which they stole $166 million worth of jewelry from a Dresden museum. Peak pals and Jay, I want you to be honest now. Have you ever thought you've gotten away with something only to be caught? Well, I was thinking about this, and it's funny you mention it because in 2019, I planned a heist of a Dresden jewelry. Oh. And, and I did get caught, and I'm actually, this is my last This podcast. is our last episode. Well, <laughs> look, Jay, it was a pleasure. You know what? I think that's a tough question because it's really hard to fess up to things. I think there's things that I've, I've probably taken and haven't got caught, but it was all unintentional. Like it was not, it was an accident that I did it. And I only realized after the fact it was an accident. And maybe in those instances, I also just happened to let it slide and didn't do anything about it. That's probably, that's my biggest crime here. Well, Tell that to the judge, Brett. But aside from crimes you either did or, in my case, did mean to commit, what do you have for Peak Pals today? For our first story, the SEC comes for crypto's biggest names. For our second story, the PGA and Live Golf Tours link up. And for our last story, office vacancies are trending up. Speaking of thieves, let's get to our first story. For our first story, like the Blue Jays in 9293, the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC, is going back to back. Drake did it too. He went back to back. They're going back to back with crypto lawsuits. Brett, what is the SEC going after with these crypto companies? Wow. Starting off with a statement right off the top of the episode, James. <laughs> the U.S.'s top financial regulator sued Coinbase, the biggest crypto exchange in the country, on the grounds it broke the law by selling securities without registering as an exchange, brokerage, and clearing agency. SEC chair Gary Gensler said, Coinbase's alleged failures deprive investors of critical protections, including rule books that prevent fraud and manipulation. The suit comes just a day after the SEC sued Binance, the world's largest crypto exchange, making similar accusations that it acted as an unlicensed security exchange. That suit also includes some spicier accusations, including allegations that Binance engaged in market manipulation and illegally funneled customer funds to a separate company controlled by Chinese-Canadian CEO Changpeng Zhao, CZ for short. And it matters because the outcomes of these suits will determine whether or not certain crypto tokens are securities. This would give the SEC broad jurisdiction over crypto trading and move it closer towards its goal of remaking the crypto market in the image of Wall Street. Between the two suits, 19 different crypto assets were listed as securities, though the SEC said it was, quote unquote, not limited to those. Notably, Bitcoin and Ethereum were not listed. And the bottom line is the SEC's suits against these platforms have been years in the making. Moving in for the kill now shows confidence that it will get its way. If it does, other regulators could follow suit, potentially spelling an end to the freewheeling nature of the crypto industry. For our second story, the Canadian Open kicks off tomorrow at the scenic Oakdale Country Club in Toronto. However, the competition is taking a backseat to some much bigger golf news. That's right, Brett. Get ready. The PGA Tour is merging with Challenger League Live Golf. Live Golf? I never knew if it was Live or Live. I think it's Live. 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 Right. I haven't watched it because I've been boycotting Live Golf in favor of PGA events. But Live is backed by Saudi Arabia's Public Investment Fund to create a new yet-to-be-named golf entity that merges the two. Yeah, well, that protest, I think, is going to come to an end. As part of the deal, the PIF has the exclusive right to further invest in the new entity, while the PGA will appoint a majority of the board and hold a majority voting interest. Now, when Live Golf launched last year, it started the greatest golf rivalry since, uh, I don't know, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Live snatched many of the best golfers from the PGA by offering them easier schedules and ludicrous sums of money just for showing up. The PGA in turn suspended the members of Live Golf while each side filed its own respective competition lawsuit. It matters because critics have called out 
outlive golf as Saudi Arabia's most brazen act of sports washing, i.e. using the spectacle of athletics to distract from pesky things like human rights abuses, for one. The PGA quickly took up this line of attack with PGA Commissioner Jay Monahan invoking 9-11 when calling out golfers who defected to live golf last year. But now that the two have merged, Live Golf doesn't have to fight to be part of the establishment. It is the establishment, and with that comes the ability to defect criticism more easily. Next, the current PGA and Live seasons will continue as planned, with Live Golfers able to reapply for PGA membership next year. The merge will also end ongoing litigation between the two sides, but a U.S. federal antitrust probe into the PGA, well, that's still underway. For our third story, looking for office space, well, you're in luck. There's lots of it on the market right now. There is indeed, Jay. The office vacancy rate in Canada rose to a record high last quarter per a Morgard report with 2.7 million square feet of vacant office space re-entering the market. Of those 2.7 million square feet of newly vacant office space, 2.4 million of it was located in Toronto, which saw both downtown and suburban offices hollow out. It's happening because Morgard gave BNM Bloomberg two main reasons for the office retreat, remote work and economic anxiety. Due to these factors, companies are taking a wait-and-see approach, delaying lease decisions until they get a clearer picture of what they need. Now to zoom out. The office space exodus is an international trend. A recent survey of 350 major multinationals found that around half of them plan to reduce the amount of office space they have in the next three years, with most aiming to reduce space by between 10 and 20%. And it matters because empty offices act as a bellwether for broader economic turmoil and can contribute to it hurting retailers and restaurants reliant on heavy worker foot traffic. They also spell trouble for investors with heavy office real estate exposure like pension funds. However, Collier's president and CEO Brian Rosen told The Peak, the current sitch, sitch, the current sitch, it's not the word I'm used to saying like the kids do, but I do like saying it. The current sitch is not cause for panic, but part of a transition from a landlord's market to a more tenant-friendly one. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a great day, Peak Pals. Peak Pals.